High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, where we have set out to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your hosts on this journey are Sherry Gideons and Pamela Aubrey. So let's join them now in their current interview with a high vibing individual. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, the number one positive media show focused on raising the vibe of the planet. It's a space for you to remember the power within you. It's a love revolution. I'm your host, Sherry Gideons, and this is my co-host, Pamela Aubrey. Welcome, everyone. As always, such a joy to be here with you and to have our guest, Rick Denley, with us today. Rick has had a successful career that has spanned several decades and seen him lead Canadian divisions for multinational companies based in Japan, France, the USA, and Germany. And on stages all over the world, Rick combines a confident, engaging, and at times humorous approach to sharing relevant, impactful content. His extensive background in transformation individual and organizational growth strategies, combined with his own life experiences, has driven positive change to thousands. He's also a published author of a number one bestseller, Reinvent Yourself. He is a keynote speaker, Leadership Your Way, Evolution of the Cusper and Selling 2.0. He's a philanthropist raising awareness and funds to beat cancer and an undefeated amateur fighter and health enthusiast enjoying cycling, kayaking, and hiking. So welcome to the show, Rick. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on your show. So excited to be here. Yes. So great to have you. Absolutely. As you you. know, on the High Vibe Nation, we love to talk about being high vibe. So can you tell us what it means to you to be high vibe? High vibe. And I love high vibe, by the way. Right away, it makes you excited. You know, it's about being tuned in, turned on, having a positive attitude, and more than anything else, exuding energy. I've always taught people that there's two types of people in the world, one that bring you energy and one that take it from you. You want to surround yourself with people that bring you high energy. And in that, you're not only going to have high vibes, you're going to have good vibes. Yep. Love it. Love it. I love it a lot. So, Rick, I know that you're a business coach, transformational coach, and a consultant. And you literally worked all over the world. And so right now, I mean, I'm just floored that your book, you know, right here in the middle of the pandemic is called Reinvent Yourself. So tell us about the book and some feedback you're getting with readers all over the world on the name of this book and what's that? Wow. Yeah, thank you. And people are like, wow, your book was great timing. You know, you chose the title and everything. Of course, anybody who's written a book knows that you don't just do it overnight. So, you know, to put something together like this, reinvent yourself, is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And it's been, everybody has challenges in their life. And I thought, well, I want to write about mine. And I want to put them in a format and a story that people can read and understand that they're not going through it alone. The timing of it just happened to be extraordinary. In fact, my publisher came to me and said, oh my God, pandemic. We plan to launch your book globally on April 9th, which happens to be my birthday. And I said, yeah, that's going to be fabulous. Then pandemic hit. And he's like, boy, you know, do you want to delay it and things? I said, absolutely not. It's why I wrote the book and reinventing yourself. So it was timely in a lot of ways and out of the shoot, a lot of people picked it up and I've had some really great feedback that it's helping them. 
And that's what it's really about. How can I help more individuals just through experiences that I've gone through in my life, personally, my career, uh, you know, a little bit in the sports arena as well. Uh, it all ties together to let people know that they're not alone. And more than anything else, there's exercises in the book that they go through to help them go through. And it's interesting when I speak on stage, I have the opportunity face to face with people, which is great. And, and of course, thank you for having me on the show and your audience. I encourage them to send in, you know, some of their questions like Joe here. Can, can I pay you to reinvent me? I'm lazy. No, I don't do that. You first have to have passion. And that's one of the first things you have to have. Whatever reinvention you're going to do or massive change, you better be passionate about it. If your reason, it says right in the first chapter of the book, if your reason for change and reinvention is because, oh, what was me? Oh, I've had a bad life, you know? Yeah, okay, we all have. Get off the crapper, get moving, get some passion to where you want to be, then I can help you and coach you. Absolutely, but it's not my job to motivate you right away. So these are some of the things that we talk about in the book, and, and I'll share more with you as we go, but really pleased that it got out when it did to help other people as well, because there's not one person in this world that this pandemic hasn't altered in some way, hasn't presented some sort of challenge. And as we know within challenge, there is opportunity. And the biggest reason I get from people are excuses as to why they can't do something. Not the right time, I don't have the right funding, or people won't understand. Well, right now, there's no excuse. If you've had something rattling around in your head for weeks, months, or years, now is the time to do it because everything has changed in the world. So what better time? Uh, I love that. I feel like you're preaching to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I, but I love the idea, you know, that the universe really does deliver things in the right time when people really need them. So tell us what it means really to reinvent ourselves. Well, that's a great question. Thank you. And it's different to everybody. When I have the opportunity in front of audiences and even in small rooms and we get together to discuss it, I ask people to give some thought to something. And if in the room you're going through one of these three things, put your hands up. And inevitably, by the end of my discussion, everybody has their hand up. And I ask them, then most people right now, who's going through some sort of mess? You know, they think about it. Who is on a mission? Somebody's decided to do something in a particular direction. And then finally, who's creating a movement? And between those three things, everybody has their hand up by the end. Yeah, I'm cleaning up some sort of mess. I'm on a mission that I've started. Or, you know what, I'm forming some sort of movement. And that's really important to people. And they realize that everybody's in the same boat. It's one of those three things. I totally agree. And I'm wondering, why is it that some people are able to pivot and adapt quickly while others aren't? And why do you think that is? And what can they do to adapt mm -hmm. um, instead of survive, but to thrive? Right. That's great. Good question. Thank you. You know, as opposed to just surviving and then thriving, there's a few things that I want to share with you. The, the first one is to really understand what change is about. Okay. And I teach and I tell people and, and I even share with my kids. I've got two young adult kids. I call them kids or not kids, but, uh, you know, and, and I share with them a lot of times different things that I want them to learn. And of course, you know, I get the eye roll like you do when, when kids and dads tell them something. But I teach them one thing that they're grasping right now is that there's only two types of change. 
Okay. There's the first type of change that we initiate. We decide to make a change. Now that change is something that we feel accountable for because we decided to do it and we have momentum and usually passion behind it. Second type of change that comes our way is the one that we didn't ask for. The one that blindsides us, and right now we've all been blindsided by this pandemic, COVID, but there's other ones that blindside you and people go, well, yeah, I didn't ask for that change. I'm going to tell you something, folks, and your listeners here, it doesn't matter whether you asked for the change, whether you initiated it or not, you have to get out in front of that change. You have to be at the front driving the bus of change in which direction you want it to go. You have to take control of it. You can't just say, well, it came my way. I didn't want it. You know, I'll just suffer through it. No, you don't get to do that if you want to be successful. Get out in front of change and that will make a world of difference. Okay. Here's something else I want to share with you. And in the book, I talk about a little bit about the brain and how it works so that we understand it. See, the brain is a muscle and no different than if you're, you're, you're training for a fight, you're working out, you create muscle memory. Muscle memory means that we can do something better the next time because the brain remembers how to do it efficiently. The more we change, the better we are at it. So change, change small things on a regular basis. Here, in fact, your viewers can do one right now. Here, who's wearing, I hope people still wear a watch. I know we have clocks on our phones and everything, but I love timepieces. Take your watch off and every morning now for the next couple of weeks, I want you to put it on the other wrist. Okay, that's what I'd like people to do is put it on the other wrist. Now, funny enough, if you do it with me now, and I have audiences do it all the time, they right. fumble around. Some people drop it on the floor and they have to pick it back up and then they put it on and it's very awkward. Halfway through a 45 minute keynote, I'll ask everybody, by the way, can somebody give me the time? And everybody gets this and goes, oh, shoot, it's over here. By the end of a week, two weeks, three weeks, you're snapping that watch on as quick as you do on the other wrist because your brain starts to remember it. Small changes create the same memory and ease of change that big ones do. So start up small, change things in your life and get used to them. And your brain will be better off for it going forward. Love that. Mm, that's yeah. so great. So that answer is part of my question. But my, my next question is, so why do we need to reinvent ourselves? Why does it even mm. matter? Okay, well, that, that's a good choice. That's a good question because a lot of people don't and they don't see reason to, but most people do because as I mentioned, they're cleaning up some sort of mess and they have to adapt to it. You used a great word there, uh, Sherry, which is adaptation, which is very important. So everybody has some sort of change. Remember everybody put their hand up for one of the three. That's why we have to reinvent ourselves on a regular basis. We don't stay in the same careers as long anymore. We have relationships that start and end and we have to change to adapt to them. We have kids. Wow, that's a big change right away, isn't it? And we need to change ourselves going forward. So the better we get at it, that's why people have to look. The final reason is because most people are not living the life they want to. I'm sorry, but it's true. They might not even tell you, you won't see it on Facebook, but so many people are not living the life they truly want to. So you have to change and reinvent yourself somehow. And I know that's a challenge. In fact, look it up. The word change is in the word challenge. And there's a reason for that. We change, it's challenge, it all rolls together. But hopefully to answer your question now, that's why, is that most people are not living the life that they want. In fact, they did a study and found that people on their deathbed, and I'm, I'm sorry, we're all gonna die one day. The biggest thing that they'll say is that they wish they had led the life that they wanted to. 
So don't die with regrets, okay? Don't, you know, you can die with a whole bunch of other things and so on, but don't, you, you know, have failures, have a whole bunch of them, because at least failures mean that you were trying to get to where you wanted to be and you will, but don't die with regret. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. We have a uh, question from one of our guests and he says, how can someone start their plan right away? You know, because plans stay plans. How can they actually start and what are some things they can do? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Okay, we're going to talk about planning now because in the book, it's one of the chapters. Um, we go through several things. I do want to share with you probably the five keys to reinvention. And the fifth one is really planning. And listen, everybody can say, and I usually ask the audience, how many people have a plan? Everybody puts up their hand. I have a plan. You know, I'm, I'm intelligent enough. I've created it. Well, you know what they say, right? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. I've been punched in the face many times, and so have you, okay? That's why I do it there to fight cancer. But everybody does need a plan to get going. And a plan, you can map out yourself and get it structured. I'm going to talk about planning in just a bit. The, the second thing I wanted to talk about more is really the main reason that people don't plan and don't take that big step. And it's fear. Mm. It's fear. And they won't share that with you, but it is. They're fearful. And there's really only two or three reasons that people are most fearful. Okay. The, the one main reason that people are really fearful is that they don't want to fail. It's a fear of failure. And they don't want to fail because everybody looks down upon somebody who failed. Well, I don't. I think if you're if you're trying, you're not failing. Right. Right. So that's really important. So they have to get past that as well. It might be because they're not good enough but they don't think they're good enough. So they don't go down that road as well. It could be FOMO. What a great term that I learned from some uh, family friends that were teenage girls. I didn't even know what it meant a year ago. FOMO. What's that? So, you know, I had to look it up on the urban dictionary. What's FOMO mean? Fear of missing out. So if they go down this road, they're going to miss out on something else. No, you're not. This is what you've wanted to do, you know, and, and as well, the fourth one then is being victimized. So those are the fears. Now, the main thing before you start planning is to understand how do I get past that fear? Okay. I can talk about my career changes I've made from corporate to entrepreneur. I can talk about the changes I went through with, with two teenage boys for years on end. I can talk about my relationship changes after 25 year marriage that dissolved and so on. These are all, you know, challenges and, and fear of moving forward, but you cannot let it paralyze you. So in the book, I have you identify which fear you have. Then what we do is talk about how do I get past the fear? Well, number one, you acknowledge it. Okay, I'm afraid of that, right? Okay, I was a little afraid to step in the ring and fight somebody, right? That, that's got to be natural, I hope. So there's fear involved. Then what you want to do is say, okay, I'm going to interrogate that fear. Why, why am I very afraid? I'm going to interrogate this and get right down to the, really to the grassroots of this thing. Okay. And then look at some alternatives. Okay. You're afraid of that. Is there a little bit different path you could go on that might still get you to where you want to be, but more than anything else, then you take action so that you're not fearful. And for one example, for you learning to become an amateur boxer and fighter, that was a big part was training. So I wasn't fearful anymore. So I was educated. So I was skillful. So I was in shape. Those are the ways that we then counter the fears. Mm -hmm. so I hope that helps out a little bit. Oh, I love that. And, you know, it's funny, you're talking about fear and we were talking a little bit earlier about fighting and I, I, I took, you know, kind of for fun, I took a Krav Maga class not too long ago, several months ago. 
Good. And, you know, it was, it was something that was kind of intimidating in the beginning, you know, but, but once I got into it, it was like, oh my gosh, there's all these things that I can do that, you know, I didn't know I could do. Right. And so how much of that do you think plays a role in us reinventing ourselves? Just kind of like the discovery of what we're capable of. Yeah, and I think that that plays a little bit on the momentum piece and the passion. And then you discover these little things along the way that, hey, hang on a minute, this isn't so bad. Maybe I can do this. And then you start moving forward one step. You know what they say to climb a massive staircase to get to the top. How do you do it? One step at a time. Take the first step. I tell people too, they go, well, that's not the right time. I say, start now. Jump off the cliff, the parachute will appear. You know, if you don't have the right tools right now, skills and knowledge, you'll obtain them as you go. One of the things we talk about in an exercise in the book is ensuring that you have the right mentors and coaches. And there's a 12 step questionnaire in there that helps you understand what type of coach and mentor you need specifically, because everybody needs a different one. Do you think I stepped in the ring here to fight without coaching? No, I had a year, one entire year of coaching and some mentors to help me prepare for my very first fight. So you must put the ego aside and allow others to coach and mentor you going forward. And that'll help reduce that fear as well. Mm -hmm. I agree a lot because this, this same um, guest has asked, how can you start with a small business when you are broken? And mm -hmm. I think what he's trying to identify, because based on the last two questions, he's trying to identify how to get clear about, you know, what actually he needs. Okay. Okay. Great question. I run a small business myself now as well. I left corporate world about three and a half years ago. And I had a couple people look at me and go, what, what are you nuts? You only had a few years left and you could cash out and so on. I said, yeah, but I wasn't passionate anymore. I wasn't helping and leading enough people in what I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I moved on. Was I fearful? Yeah. So here's what we do in that case. And I work with others on this. And Simon Sinek says it best as well. Clarify your why. Right from the beginning, clarify it. If you have a confused why in your business, what it is you do to help others and bring them value, you're always going to be in trouble. Clarify your why extremely well first. Why are you doing this? Whatever type of change you're going through, whatever mess you're cleaning up, whatever mission you're on, whatever movement it might be. In a business, clarify it. Why are you doing this? How are you going to help somebody else, whether it be a person, an individual, an organization, whatever it might be. Here's a little exercise in the book that I have people do. I have them write a letter to one of their very best friends explaining why it is they're going to reinvent themselves, why it is they're going to go through this change. If you can write that letter with clarity to somebody else, then you're going to be much better off right away. Why are you doing this? Why, why are you going to start your own small business? What is it that you bring to the table? If you cannot articulate that extremely well, others won't get it either. Mm -hmm. That's a very good answer. Yeah. And you know what I love about that is, and th this is kind of what came to me is that it's a little bit just like the fear of the unknown, I think sometimes, you know, or maybe it's in some cases you're afraid of if I change, then maybe I'm going to lose some of the things in my life that I do like, mm -hmm. you know? And so yeah. in that process, how do you, how do you help people to, to take that first step to kind of, you know, acknowledge, okay, there's something here that I'm, you know, I'm missing. Yeah. Well, you know, remember I did, I did mention too, don't be afraid of failure, be afraid of regret. If this mm -hmm. is something you really want to do, you have to, and guess what? You will leave some people 
behind. Right. It's going to happen. And you might think it unfortunate at the beginning, then you realize after, no, you know what? That wasn't my right circle. That wasn't my right five people that I should be attached to. You're attached to them out of habit. Remember we talked about habit with the watch and the brain because it's easy doesn't mean it's right for you. And it's not easy. You'll go through quite a bit of change. But I guarantee you, you will feel very good as you do it and start to gain traction and realize I'm meeting other people now because I freed up room for them. That's very important to do as well. The moment you realize, okay, that, that, that the fear of staying where you are is worse, okay, is worse than taking the leap to uncertainty, that's when your clarity will happen. Mm-hmm. So that's very important for you. Okay. Yeah. It's sports analogy risk versus reward in a way. Yes. Risk versus reward. Sure. And regret as well. Listen, you know, for sports analogies, cause I love the sports and I coach to a very high level as well with my kids and others, but think of baseball for a minute. Okay. You can't steal second base and keep your foot on first. At some point in time, you're out there between those two bases where you could get picked off and called out. That's the risk factor. But if you stand there glued to first, you'll never get to second. Will you? So at some point in time, there's a bit of risk involved with it. You know what? You'll get picked off a few times, but then you'll get better at it and your habit will get better and you'll learn and you'll steal second, you'll steal third and you'll make it home, which will be your entire, okay, voyage. And I don't like the word journey because journey seems, oh my God, I'm going on a journey and I got to pack a backpack and I'm going across the Sahara Desert. I'm sweaty. No, it doesn't have to be. Call it a voyage. What do you think of when you think of voyage, ladies? Let me ask you, what does voyage mean to you? I feel like I'm going on a boat and I'm going yeah, to cruise sail right? around the world. Yeah, I'm going out first. I fly there to Miami or somewhere and uh-huh. I pick up the cruise, right? Beautiful big yeah. ship and events that are going on. And that's where I'm going to be. That's a voyage. That's how you have to look at it. Hey, one night might not feel well, right? You might get a little seasick or something. That's part of the voyage too, but you'll come back from it and you'll enjoy yourself along the way. So think of it as a voyage, not a journey. I love that. I love So Rick, why do you think that so many people have a difficult time investing in themselves? That's a good question. Uh, sometimes, and, and what we talk about as well in the book is that we do a SWOT analysis for you. And we have a look at what are your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Focusing on the strengths and weaknesses, we want to play up on your strengths, but what are the weaknesses that you have in your character? We briefly go in to talk about emotional intelligence and the importance of really understanding oneself, okay? And how do I get myself to the person that I wanna be? And sometimes it comes down to building up and strengthening characteristics that maybe aren't strong for you. You know, and those could be along the lines of things like confidence, for one, could be a big one. Uh, Sherry, you mentioned one earlier, which is huge. In fact, Dr. Shimmy Kang from the Harvard Institute mentioned, she's a trained psychologist, that there's one skill set that we need to be happy in our life and fulfill our life. And you used the word earlier. Do you remember what it was? Mm, No, not off the top of my head now. (laughs) I put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. But I do it to audiences too. Adaptability. Oh, yes. It's all different things. Adaptability is the one skill set that we really have to work on. How do we become more adaptable? And there's all different ways. You know, one of the things we have to realize is that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's nothing perfectly comfortable in this world anymore, and that's okay. Things aren't always perfect, and that's okay. So that's one of the skill sets. One of the skills we need to work on and strengthen is 
adaptability. And we talk about in the book ways that we can go ahead and do that. So building up those characteristics help us have the confidence we need to move forward. Love that. Yeah. Mm, that's really good. So how do we kind of like harness the energy and change? Oh, harnessing the energy of change. I love that so much. I mean, change itself isn't painful. Resistance to change is painful, right? We know that. So give up on resisting the change and find a way to really lead it. Understand which kind of change you're going through first. You know, the, the key to change and harnessing that energy, okay, is not to fight the old, but to spend all our time and focus on the new, the direction that we want to go in. And listen, there's a reason why when we're driving that rear view mirror is about this big so that we look behind us and the windscreen is this big because we should be looking this way all the time. I can glance in the rear view mirror a bit. I don't worry about it. I take mine off. I just get rid of it. I don't care what's behind me anymore. It's the past. I can't change it. And nobody's going to catch me going forward. So I only want to look forward. So that's one of the things that we can do and really focus all of that energy that we have on moving forward. That's how we harness the energy of change. The other thing we can do is harness the energy of fear. Mm. We can harness that as well. We kind of turn it around and go, hang on a minute. You know what? I'm not fearful anymore. I'm a little bit angry. And that's okay. Harness your anger going forward in the right direction in a controlled fashion as well. It's funny because a lot of people think, oh my God, you know, you fight, you're a boxer. It's a terrible thing and you're beating on each other, but it's not. It's, I learned so much from going into boxing and like martial arts that you did as well about the emotional intelligence, your control, using your mind, using your skill set and control. And once you have control over yourself, you'd be amazed at how confident you are and how far you can go with achieving the things that you want to. I love that explanation because it takes me back to all my years in the pro bodybuilding industry. And, you know, the pro bodybuilding industry is, you know, very scientific with how you have to eat and right. with how you have to train. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's very intense. And it, and it took me back to that moment of thinking how I had to, you know, literally be moving forward through mm -hmm. the moments of moments of today, scientifically eating what I was supposed to and training, you know, two different times each yeah. day and strengthening that muscle wow. in my habit too. Right, right. That's a great example. You're right. And people don't realize either. They just think it's a bunch of muscle people in a gym throwing weights around, but it's not. Right. And by the way, they and you would have had a plan as well, just like yeah. I did and a very detailed plan. One thing that we do, um, actually it's, it's in the workbook for people that want to grab that and, and work on it. We create a 90 day plan. 90 days is long enough to look out. We take 90 day chunks and we look at the main things that we want to accomplish in 90 days. Who can help you do that? That's a mentor and coaching piece. And then the action, a CTA, a call to action. Let's get going on this. And the other thing that helps you do is reduce your fear. You're so busy, you can't really worry about it. They right. keep you so busy when I was training for my fight and doing other things that you don't really become fearful as much. And you have a plan going, okay, if I just follow this step by step, I'll get to where I want to be yes. at the end of my voyage. Mm -hmm. So we look at that as well. Great example, Sherry. Thank you. Yeah. That's so great. And that you partially answered my next question, which was, you know, if someone really just feels kind of like stuck in the past, like yeah. they just can't seem to get beyond it. What do you suggest for them? 
Um, you, you know, that can be a really tough one. Again, I, what I'd like them to do is brainstorm, okay? And I'd like them to write down, okay? In fact, here, let me give you an example. So yeah. at, at my live seminars and things as well, I'm going to zoom in on this here. Okay, so this is an acronym, PUNCH. And I hand these out. And while we're talking, I like people to write down words that resonate with them that start with P-U-N-C-H, okay? And write those down. And what that does is help them understand, why again am I doing this? Well, because you're passionate, you're unique. You want to do something new, you want to have change, and you want it to be huge. That's all part of this as well. Then we even go on further, and it starts their juices flowing as to, well, what is it again I wanted to do? When do I want to do it? Okay, great. And then you can even figure out a little bit more about how as well going forward. And just for fun, that's me in the red, just so we're clear. So, okay. so, I, so I hand those out and it helps people get over that little hurdle for themselves as well. Let's get moving forward. I feel stuck. Well, come on. What is it you want to do? Why are you doing it? There must be a reason behind it. And what is your PUNCH acronym? And then we share some of that back. So even while we're going through this today with your viewers, viewers, write down P-U-N-C-H. And I'm sure that you come up with some great words. And do me a favor, type them in as well so that we can see them and put them on the screen. I'm always amazed at what people come up with under that acronym PUNCH. I love that. I love that. So what about our youth? What about our Ys and our Zs? I mean, you know, we, we're talking about the youth. And then I mentioned I have a second crop of kids. I call my my grown children are my winter crop. And then I've got 16-year-old <laughs> twins that I call my summer crop. You know, had them right at 40. But, but they're completely different. And their whole way of viewing energy and, you know, the way that maybe people like you and I were raised and how we think. And now here they are immersed in, you know, a much broader, more open mindset. Yeah. Um, what is your advice to the youth? Well, it's interesting. Uh, at one of the events I was at just before COVID hit, and a shout out to our friend, as you know as well, uh, Eric Swanson. Yes. It was a Habitude Warrior event that he organized. And he really likes to give back. And he actually has a youth part to that, where mm -hmm. people that are coming to his event as adults like us can bring their kids. And they look after them in a different way as well. And then he asked some of the speakers to come in and talk to the kids. And like you say, that's a totally different aspect of it. And what I find really effective is, is just to speak to them. Ask them some open-ended questions as to what they're thinking, what they're fearful of, where they maybe want to be and why. And interestingly enough, allow them to create a plan of their own that makes sense. It might be totally different than what, as you say, our generation would do in yeah. our format. But it's interestingly enough that if you ask people the right questions, they have the answers. Mm -hmm. The answers have always been there. They just need to bring it to the forefront. Again, they might have been fearful to even answer in that way, thinking that it would be a stupid answer or something. And that's not the case. So we remove that fear, let the ideas flow, do some brainstorming. And then you talk about generational understanding the next generation that's coming along that's going to run this world for us, they think differently. You know, I'll tell you up front, I'm an Xer. You know, I was born and bred and so on to get things done or die trying, right? As right. an individual, get out of my way. Let me do it. But that's changed now. We need to change with it. You're laughing, but is that not true? Am I wrong? No, I'm because I'm a baby boomer. And oh, come on. Actor, and I'm being weird on the border. How are you that old? I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. All right. You are. You look fantastic. But 
I, so I talk about the fact that now we don't need to compete. I was brought up to compete. Yeah. And it's not in everybody. I was brought up to compete all the time in everything I did. Compete, be the best, run the individual. Not yeah. that competition's bad, obviously, through your bodybuilding and things. Yeah. But now I learned the importance of collaboration, not competition, and how we need to collaborate. And you see that in the next generation as well, even in my boys that are in their 20s. One moved to the city where I, where I was from and things, which is Toronto, Canada. Shout out to all of us Canucks. And, and he moved to the city. And when he was done school in one province, he moved back to Ontario. And he hadn't been there a week. And he's got his dog with him. And I see him post something, you know, on his on his site. He goes, okay, who, who knows of a good veterinarian in Toronto? Boom, 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 boom. All the answers come back. Me, I would have to research it myself, find the answer myself. It's all up to me. They collaborate, right? They just, they put the ego aside. They collaborate and they get answers so quickly. We need to learn to get better at that and embrace how they do that. So generational wise, and I work with different generations all the time, and I talk about the different generations, we need to put aside the differences and focus on the similarities and how do we collaborate to learn from each other on a regular basis. That will help break down that generation uh, friction that we have at times. Mm, that is so powerful. And it, what comes to me is that my so my son is in his 20s now. And, you know, it was interesting because he actually started his first business when he was 14. Wow. And he's, yeah, and he's really spent the last few years going through this process of trying to reinvent himself. Hmm. But from a place of, you know, he knows what it's like to run a business. Yeah. And he doesn't fit into that old mold. I mean, he really is like kind of what you think of when you think of a millennial who is like, I can do this myself, you know, I can go out there and do mm. the things that I want to do. But you know, I mean, it's kind of like the system hasn't been set up for that in a lot of ways. So what do you say to kids who are, you know, trying to kind of take that step for that first step out into, you know, this bigger, broader kind of unknown that we haven't really mapped out yet? Yeah. You know, it can be a very gray area. Certainly getting your plan together is good. Strengthening those inner skills are good as well. As we know, sharpening the saw, lifelong learning is very important as well. But I'm going to default back to the mentorship. Find yourself a good mentor. Find somebody who's done this already, made those mistakes that they can guide you through so you don't have to repeat them. Find an excellent mentor and coach that can help you. Uh, you know, we don't have to do it all on our own. That's what we realize. And whether it be, you know, preparing for a new event, for a new business, taking on something completely different, find yourself a mentor in the field. You'd be surprised how many people are willing to help out on a regular basis. So I think that that's one of the keys right here. The, the other one that we talk about in the book um, is barriers. And, and barriers a lot of times come our way. And it's interesting that when you go through the exercise in the book, in one of the last chapters for barriers, eight or nine out of 10, you already know what they are. And you get them out there and then you actually predict what will happen. And instead of being an ostrich and you know hiding your head in the sand, you start solving them up front. So when they come, I'm ready for them. I've already predicted what those barriers are and I'm going to be ready whether it be an opponent, whether it be an industry, whether it be competition, whether it be uh, funding, whether it be a friends or all my friends and family who, by the way, don't use your friends and family, please. They love you, but don't use them. They're not your mentors. Your parents have more than likely not been through the direction you want to go in. 
and there's too much friction there. I coached my kids for years. It's the biggest challenge you have and, and good for them for having the patience to allow me to do it. But it's the biggest challenge. Find a mentor and coach that fits. Go through the exercise in the book and the workbook. Figure out who your mentor and coach will be and then work through your potential barriers so that when they come, there's no surprise and it doesn't shut you down. Listen, everybody's going to go through crap. Okay. Right. Do we know what crap stands for? Right. Okay. Well, well, uh, you're going to go through criticism, right? Rebellion, a-holes, because they exist. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, people that are going, you can't do that. Why? Because I couldn't do it, so you can't do it. And pressure, pressure from everybody, pressure from your parents. Why are you doing that? That's no good. You know, all those different things that you want to do. One of my sons is pursuing his love of music. Mm -hmm. He went extremely far in hockey, a couple steps from playing with the pros and so on incurred a head injury uh, from concussions, which was horrible, worked through some very challenging times for a long period of time, and then went back to school for a period of time as well. But he's actually pursuing his love of music because that's where his passion is. And it'd be really easy for everybody to say, well, you'll never make it, nobody makes it, pressure them, talk about it. Others that couldn't make it themselves will put it down. We need to encourage that more and more because it's the only way that you'll make that goal come true for yourself. So anticipate the barriers that are going to come your way and then help get by them with the help of a mentor and coach that's not a family member or close friend. That's so true because, you know, all the every mentor that I've had over the last 20 years, that's always what they start with. Let's identify where the barriers are. Let's identify what's in the way. Right. And, and you know, the limiting beliefs. And then we would always, you know, because I've had some really awesome mentors. And then we'd go into, you know, questions. The quality of questions you ask yourself determines the quality of life you live. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to bust myself for a second because um, I have twins. And one of my twins is very, very smart. And the other twin is extremely inquisitive. And so she'll come with every itty bitty little question. And she'll dive this way and this way with the question. Like today. You know, she was going into detail about her father going and getting her a new car. And how can you just trade in a car and get a nicer car? And we're going through. This. And finally, I got to the pro, the pro through this process. And I'm like, well, how many more ways are you going to ask me the same yeah. question? Yeah, they wear you down, right? They, they yeah. teach you patience. Yeah. They, teach you, they teach you patience through all that, which is very important as well. But yeah, be inquisitive. Listen, Albert Einstein always said, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I just ask more questions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. keep asking them and asking them and asking them until he solves the issue. And that's what he came off as doing. So yeah, be inquisitive. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, I, I had one, one of my sons, I won't name which one, you know who you are, wore <laughs> me down like crazy through the teenage years because of the questions he would ask. Yes. Ask and ask, and it would drive you nuts. But very inquisitive and that's how they learn so yeah, i like that yeah. very good so what if you are, um, yep yeah what if you are your own barrier yeah denise wow you know what what a really great question you have to figure out why you are your own barrier and there's reasons why people can be their own barrier and you might have to have somebody help you do that okay first off write down what you believe your barriers are Okay, and if it's yourself, fine. Dig deeper. 
Like Sherry just told us, ask questions to yourself. Okay, well, what does that mean? Why am I my own barrier? You need to dig down into that very deep. Is it because I'm fearful? Is it because, um, you know, I, I self-tear down myself, which can be something as well, yeah. right? You have to get understanding what those barriers are before you can get help with them. Brainstorm a whole bunch, write it down, narrow it down. I'll tell you one thing that I found, and we do this through when I was hiring people for executive sales roles and so on in the C-suites of companies that I ran. You do have a repetitive pattern. Figure it out. Okay, it'll be there, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in career, it will be there, whether it be in your fitness goals, when you quit, there's a period in time when you quit, whether it's when you're trying to lose weight, whether it's when you're trying to work out, um, run a marathon, you'll know when you quit, figure that out, what the barrier is, then you have to start addressing it. Our biggest downfall, a lot of the times, I'll tell you, is ego. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and one of my fighting buddies from my team, when we were training for the fight tank cancer event, they had a great big gala event and so on. This guy, Josh, he's a great guy. I call him a kid because he's almost my kid's ages, but he was, he was beautiful. And he'd say, you know what? He would say all the time. Okay. He would say about the fact that your ego is not your amigo. Mm. You got to shelve it. You got to get rid of it to start with. A lot of people are so resistive because of their ego. Once you lose your ego, you're going to be much better off. And, you know, if you've been humbled a few times, learn from it. It'll help you quite a bit. Uh, Sherry, you probably got humbled in some of the things that you've done. Ash, same thing. Uh, there's a good story in my book about where I really um, expose myself, put my humility out there where I got humbled real good in the ring when sparring. But you learn from it. And once you learn to set your ego aside, you're gonna be much better off. So that might be a major barrier for some people. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point because I think sometimes that's that's one of our barriers, you know, in and of itself is just what's gonna happen? You know, what if I do this and I, and I do get punched in the face, right? And I think right now we all kind of have that sense already, like I've already been punched in the face once, you know, mm. I'm not sure I wanna risk that again. And so I love what you were saying earlier about the risk versus reward, because it's like, well, I mean, you know, we're not going backward, right? So we can only go forward. Right. And, and so I'm sure that you, you also kind of in writing this book had a sense of the need for people to move forward in, in the future and, and what it brings. And so can you speak to that a little bit, just what you foresee sort of coming people. Well, yeah, it's interesting what you mentioned as well. And, and I want to look at it a bit different way. You know, you say, geez, yeah, I got punched in the face. I don't want to be punched in the face again. Okay, then do something about it. You know, get better. When I got humbled in the ring during that sparring exercise, I went, okay, you're not as good as you thought you were. What do you have to do? You have to train harder. You have to get more skillful. You have to sit your ego aside and you have to learn more as well so that you get better at it. And the other thing I'll mention about getting punched in the face, not as bad as you think. And once you do it a couple of times too, you go, huh, that wasn't so bad, right? It's like running. Once you start to run, you, how about riding a bike? Everybody learned to ride a bike and you had training wheels. And when they took the training wheels off, you probably fell once or twice, right? Did you yeah. die? No. Did you scuff a knee? Probably. Knees heal up. No problem. So did your ego. So put it aside, get moving forward and fail. Fail often, fail frequently, fail early. 
And there's nobody in this world, whether you're a professional athlete, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're Bill, Bill Gates and all these other ones that make billions of dollars, right? Elon Musk, all these people and so on. Look to their histories. Yes. They failed extremely large to get to where they are. Fall down seven times, get up eight. We know that, right? But that's what you need to do on a regular basis is do that, fall down, fail, but keep moving forward. You're not going to die from it. Put your ego aside. You're going to end up where you want to be because you did that. And all the people that don't are going to end up on that deathbed with regrets. You don't want to be one of those. Mm -hmm. You know what speaks to me when I hear you say that too is it makes me think of all the transformations that I've gone through. I mean, in the last 23 years for myself. And, and it speaks so much to, like you said, letting go of the ego, letting go of fear, letting go of insecurities. Insecurities were big on the list. Right. Um, needing, like you said, needing to compete with others, thinking that if I competed with others and I was better than others, then I was going to reach yeah. success. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then it lays out um, the transformations where I was full on clear about what I wanted and the desire to grow was so deep inside of me. It was like a seed that had kind of buried its roots. And I said, you know what? I realize now from all of those things that I learned about myself, yeah, that that muscle got strengthened and so did the habits. The habits right. got strengthened. Yeah. And I was like brushing my teeth. I had four new habits because I knew they served me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Wow, so powerful. And we talk about habits. You can read books like The Seven Habits and so on that really help you. But some people will come to me and say, geez, you know, I'm this, that, and the other. What do I do? I give them a simple plan to start with. Simplify your life. Right. Your gut's telling you what you need to do, whether it be people in your life that you have to get out of it because mm -hmm. they're toxic, a situation you're in that you need to move past, whatever it might be. Simplify your life. Clean it up. Then yeah. start with the good habits surprisingly eat right get your rest get some exercise simple things like that are going to make a world of difference to you and bring clarity to things and build up those characteristics that we just talked about the insecurities will fade away you'll become more confident and then encircle yourself with people that bring you up don't tear you down and it's funny because people ask us questions and they say well how do i how do i know who does that to me i said listen to the questions they ask you the people that really care and can build you up and say, geez, what was good about your day today? How did your day go? Tell me a bit about that. As opposed to the questions that toxic people ask you, which are like, well, why did you do that? What was it? Do you think that was the right thing to do? Those are toxic questions. You see how they come at you? They suck your energy. The other type of people are, well, tell me something that went well today. Well, that's really great. What happened here and there and so on builds you up, mm -hmm. right? Start with simplicity. Eliminate the toxic in your life build in better people, build in good habits, and it'll make a world of difference. Beautifully said. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, and to that point, so what are some of your daily routines, things that you do <laughs> every day to kind of help keep these things in place? Wow, good question. We're going to bring it all over on me now, are we? <laughs> there you go. Well, I try, I try to walk the talk, absolutely. So um, I really believe in the three main factors when you look at mind, body, and soul. And you need to keep them all very healthy. So certainly, let's. When I get up in the morning, uh, you know, I'm not a 5 a.m. or like a lot of people. Uh, Six, 6:30 is great. Get up, and if if people follow me, which I hope they do on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Denley Rick. 
Um, Facebook is available. And then I see you've got my website there too with all my information. You'll see that I do uh, practically daily video clips, uh, which are my motivational minute. For one minute each day, we have a quick chat. And each time that I do them, of course, my uh, partner in crime, Rusty, my dog, he's a rescue dog I picked up about a year and a half ago. It's fabulous. And we're out for a morning walk. So we get out right away. I don't start with TV. I don't start with my phone. I don't read emails and texts. Why? Because 90% of those are people asking for something from you, sucking your energy. Nope. I'm going to build my energy up first. That's most important to me. So I'm going to build up my energy. I go for my walk, get a bit of exercise, come back with Rusty, you know, have a healthy breakfast to start with and then start my day on a good note, usually by reading a chapter of some book. I have terrible attention span, so I probably have four books on the go at one time, and I just read a portion of each, right? Which is why, you know, even my book, it's not tremendously thick. You know, it's, it's an airplane read for a couple hours and gets you up to speed quickly. So those are some of the things that I do. Um, eating's very, very important as well, nutrition-wise. You know, feed your body, feed your brain with things that help it, and build energy. Then um, you can go on and read about diets that help you do that, not things that suck your energy where you don't have enough during the day to follow through. So uh, those are just some of the things that I do. I will mention too that I write in a gratitude journal daily. Gratitude is so important and you really need to learn that, that you need to give gratitude on a regular basis. If you're upright and breathing, you have reason to give gratitude. So make sure that you talk about those positives in your life and you drown out any negatives. We know that we have roughly 60,000 thoughts a day in our head. And how many of them are negative? 85, 90% of them creep in negative. That's something you can rewire and train your brain to do as well. Whenever it starts creeping in, don't, don't resist it. Let it flow all the way through and replace it with something positive and strong. That will keep your attitude on the level that you want it to be. Mm. So okay. does that help? Those are some of our good habits. Yeah, and in fact, what you you made me think about was what you had shared in the information you sent over about mm -hmm. positive. Tell us the meaning of what you have for positivity and gratitude, mm -hmm. grit, and vision. Wow, that's really great. Well, let, let's start with, with grit. So Angela Duckworth, another psychologist, wrote an incredible book that she named Grit. Through years of study of anybody that's been successful in the sporting world, entrepreneurs, business, politicians, and so on. She studied all of this and figured out what makes people successful. And she narrowed it down to that one word, grit. And grit is very important. At some point in time, you need to have grit. And, and what is grit? She said two words. It's your passion and persistence. Be passionate about what you're doing and be persistent. That's grit. Nobody got to where they are without being gritty. Yeah. So that's really important is to have grit going forward as well. Sherry, sorry, what was the second part of your question? Um, the second one was the the, the the three that you talk about in the information that you sent over. And it was the it was the grit, it was the positivity and gratitude right. and vision. Yeah, and vision as well. Yeah, you have to envision things in a positive manner to make them happy. You know, um, when, when you look at factors that might be at play and you might be religious, you might be spiritual, to me, it's just the universe. If you put it out there, if you write it down, if you tell people and you start down that path, eventually the universe has no choice but to make it happen. It will happen for you. But you've got to take that first step and you've got to be strong enough to share it out loud as well. And that really helps you 
get through those tough times and be confident and be committed to it. I mean, when I started this fight to end cancer and things like that, I told everybody and it's like, okay, now I can't back out. You know, I have to follow through with it. But funny enough too, the universe conspires to help you when you do it in a positive light. Why is it that you're doing it? You know, and it's very important as well. Um, I just want to get this right, that you don't do it for wealth up front. It's not about wealth. That may come later, whatever you're doing, which is great. Do it for the right reasons. Do it for yourself. Do it to help others, whatever it might be that you're doing. I didn't write the book for me. I didn't need, I didn't need this information. I already figured it out, you know, um, but I came up with a process and a formula that I believe works through uh, a lot of failure. And, and I believe it works. And that's what I wanted to share with people as well going forward. So, you know, and, and when you come to those situations, like we talked about barriers and obstacles, okay, every obstacle yields to stern resolve. Leonardo da Vinci said that hundreds of years ago, but it's true. So stern resolve, grit, positivity, all these things are very important when you're going forward. So start your day with gratitude. Write down things that you like about yourself. Write down things that are positively happening in your life right now and that you want to happen in the near future as well. And put it out there to the universe. Write it down. Maybe you want to get a dream board going as well so you can visualize it and paste all that up there. I do an exercise in some of my workshops where we come in and there's all these magazines and I say, get cutting and pasting. Pick the things that you envision your life and that you want in your life and pick the words as well. It's not all just about cars and houses. Please don't make it about that. Make it about things that really matter to you, right? The things that are going to matter, health, happiness, well-being, love. Make it about those things as well. And that's going to change everything that you're doing and put you on the pathway to the reinvention that you want so that you can be the person that you've always wanted to be. Yeah. Well, and so to follow up on that, then, you know, what if your what if your dreams, your, your passions are, say, unrealistic? I don't think there are any unrealistic. I really don't. Uh, until you fail, you don't know that, do you? You don't know where your ceiling is until you can't reach it. And, and the only way that you can't reach it is because you tried. So mm -hmm. I don't think that there is anything that's unrealistic for people. Just go out and try it. And if it didn't work, then you'll figure out the next one. You know, don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. That's what you need to do. Don't put a cap on yourself right away. Oh gosh, you're already doing it, right? No, I can't do that. I can't, well, of course you can't. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Don't limit yourself. And if you fall, fine, but at least you gave it a try. Don't be one of the naysayers. And there's one of my most favorite quotes by Lincoln as well, where he talks about the fact that don't be one of those people outside of the ring who's criticizing, be the person in the ring, have the strength to get in the ring. You know, it's going to be fearful. I love all the Rocky movies as well. And the recent Creed ones. And if you've watched those at length, Rocky tells Creed the fighter, those three steps up into that ring are going to be the loneliest in your life. And I watched the movie a whole bunch of times until my first fight. And, and it came right into my head. I'm walking up those steps. I'm going, and I'm looking around. There's nobody left. It's just me. Yep. So it is all up to you at that point, but you built yourself up to a point. But win or lose, I took those steps. I'm not going to be one of the critics that's sitting out there just criticizing people. Get in the ring and give it a try, right? That's the first thing. That's the most important thing. So really, as you know, as I mentioned, um, there's no passion in playing small. 
Okay, go huge. Go BHAG. Huge. Huge. I love that. I love that. So share with us some takeaways and then share with us how everybody can reach you and all your social media handles. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I mean, the best place is go to my website that's scrolling there, rickdenley.com. Uh, you can go to amazon.com to pick up a copy of the book. You can get the workbook and the coaching sessions with me online at rickdenley.com. My motivational minutes are there. Have some fun looking at Rusty and I on those uh, podcasts that I've been on as well, like this brilliant one. Thanks again for having me on. Um, so they can find me there and there's a bunch of audio as well. So look me up there. Uh, you can schedule a quick um, 15 minute coaching session with me to chat about some questions that we might not have gotten to on the show here as well. Um, you know, I just want to share with your viewers too. It's so important that, that in settling for a life that is less than the one that you're capable of living is really sad. Don't settle for it. You know, shoot for the stars. Keep stretching. I mean, that was Nelson Mandela that told us that. So there's a leader. There's somebody who, who really reinvented himself over the years and helped others do the same as well. And, you know, to your viewers, I'll share this. And, and if you're reading the book, you'll find it near the end as well. I actually have somebody, a, a great friend of mine that, that reads the back of books first and then, and then goes and starts over. I said, why do you do that? And I want to get to the back first. If you go to the back of the book, you're going to see a quote in there from me. That, that's something that your viewers must always remember. Okay, you're braver than you believe, smarter than you seem, and stronger than you think. You got to remember that going forward. Mm. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So Pam, go ahead and share with our audience how they can find us. Absolutely. So you can find us on the web at thehighvibenation.com and on Facebook at The High Vibe Nation. Also on Instagram at The High Vibe Nation. Awesome. Well, we want to thank all of our audience for always being here and fully supporting us. Thank you for sharing this out. We've absolutely enjoyed this um this gathering with you Rick. thank you thank you for having me on your show ladies i love watching it i hope everybody got pumped over this as well start right away write down your goals and get going as soon as you can don't wait there's no excuses why i had a lot of excuses none of them hold water just get going one step at a time Awesome. And I think Rusty's been confirming that along the way for us. So yeah, he is. He's shy now and he left. So <laughs> get over and see him on my website and get, get linked in with me on Instagram as well. There you go. All right. Well, thank you all. And we will see you next week. Have a great night. everyone. From everybody here at the High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at www.thehighvibenation.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode and keep high vibing.